otherwise known as Graduation Sunday, today is the day we get to say job well done, Kevin, and Kim, and Caitlin, and whomever else may be graduating. To those receiving or haven't already received any sort of degree certifying their success as a high school, college, seminary, PhD, or any other type of graduate. It is an exciting day here at New Beginnings. Amen. As we remember our graduates, graduates and celebrate Pentecost Sunday, I encourage you to uh, open your Bibles, your iPhones, your iPads, your smartphones, whatever it might be, to Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. I will be reading this morning out of the NRSG. Read with me. <clears throat> when the day of Pentecost had come, they, the disciples, were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. <clears throat> Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? <clears throat> and how is it that we hear, each of us, in our own native language, Parthians, Medes, Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds and power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They're filled with new wine. <clears throat> but Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men and women of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of the Lord. As we remember Pentecost Sunday and as we celebrate our graduates, I want to give you all a very, very important update on my life. I am currently re-watching my all-time absolute favorite TV series, Breaking Bad. 
And anyone who knows me is likely to be aware of my love for and probably my unhealthy obsession with this TV show, Breaking Bad. I think that it is this beautifully dark story that is so well told that it deserves the best television series of all time. If you disagree, leave now. I'm sorry, John. If you haven't watched it, go home after this, turn on Netflix, begin to binge. It's a good show. And one person who is likely to know about my Breaking Bad obsession more than anyone else is my lovely girlfriend, Amanda Wells. And now the reason I say this is because I have convinced her after months to finally watch through the series with me. Now she's never seen it before. I've seen it more times than I'd like to, to tell you all. She's never seen it. And so we've only been watching it for like a week and a half, two weeks. We're only in season two out of five seasons. But she already loves it. And she keeps saying things like, Drew, I am so stressed out. I don't know what's going to happen next, but I need to keep watching this show. I love it. And I can't begin to tell you how happy <laughs> that she loves the show. She said she didn't want to watch it. And I feel good because she loves it. Amen. <laughs> so the other night, earlier this week, we were watching an episode, and I won't give away any major spoilers for those who haven't seen it or might be watching it currently, but I do want to tell you about this scene from the episode that I think beautifully captures the human response to a known lie. What I mean is it captures uh, the response of someone who is being lied to and they know it. So in this scene, the main character, whose name is Walter White, is spouting off lies to his wife, Skylar, in order that, as is the nature of lies, she's prevented from knowing the truth. In some quick context, Skylar doesn't know the full truth. She doesn't know exactly why her husband is speaking these lies to her, but she knows enough to know that he is lying, and Walt thinks he has his wife hooked, but, and that he's in the clear, but she sees right through him. So this scene... Walt is in the kitchen, and he's doing dishes, kind of like an act of generosity to his wife, trying to, like, clear up his name, you know, you get in trouble with your spouse, your girlfriend, or boyfriend, so you try and do something sweet for him. So Walt is doing that, cleaning the dishes for his wife. He's in the kitchen, and he's spouting off his lies, trying to give credibility to this fabricated truth, and he's trying to convince his wife that there's nothing about which she, sh about which she should be concerned no spoilers, but she should be concerned about everything. <laughs> what I love about this scene is that as Walt is speaking, the camera is directed only on Skylar. You hear what Walt is saying, but you are looking at his wife, Skylar. And you are witnessing her response as she listens to these untruthful words being communicated to her by her own husband. You can see her face just go dead because she knows that everything her husband is saying is a bold-faced lie. And what feels like a full minute, uh, the camera is on Skylar, just very, very slowly zooming in, communicating uh, to the audience without words that Skylar sees right through the lies of her own husband. The reason I bring this scene up to you, besides the fact that I could talk about breaking bad for hours upon hours, is that the way we speak matters, right? It carries influence. The sounds we make and the words we speak impact ourselves and it impacts the world around us. In this Breaking Bad scenario, the viewer 
Amanda and I witness how the sounds Walt makes with his words literally drive his wife away from him. Minor spoiler alert, the scene ends with Skyler just leaving the house without saying anything to her. His sounds, his words drive uh, his own wife away. His words impact her in such a way that says, I'm done. I'm not listening to you anymore. I'm out. But our words are not always negative, as in this scenario, just as the sounds we make aren't always with words. Now, what I mean is everyone everywhere is not always speaking lies like Walt in this fictional scenario. People do speak joyful truths. Similarly, joyful truths or lies or whatever it may be are not only communicated through human speech. Just a few minutes ago, we heard the sounds of various instruments being played with particular rhythms and speeds, playing certain notes and chords, creating joyful music and praise. We as human beings, we make noise. We create sounds on our way to work or on our way to school. We hear the sounds of traffic. Cars accelerating and decelerating. If you drive with Amanda, you'll probably hear sounds of frustration because people decelerate too much. <laughs> if you go down to post coffee, you will hear the sounds of coffee grinders and espresso machines and friends meeting to discuss whatever it is they may be needing for. Go to the grocery store. You hear the sound of grocery carts being pushed down the aisles. The sound of cashiers ringing up various customers and that little annoying sound a credit card machine makes when it's letting you know it's time to put your card on. <laughs> I hate that thing. It's made me jumpy. If you turn on the news, you might hear the sound of politically charged rhetoric saying that if you're on the left, you should hate the people on the right. If you're on the right, you should hate the people on the left. Travel to Syria. You may hear the sounds of an oppressed people victimized by violence in this place with no home and no safe place to turn. If you go to the home of your neighbor, you may hear the groans of frustrations as that family uh, struggles to make ends meet, or maybe struggles to be the joyful family that everyone thinks them to be. Go to a high school graduation and you will hear the cheers and the tears of celebration as students reach a point in their life and in their education they weren't sure uh, they may ever reach. Now on this topic of sounds, and on this Pentecost Sunday, where we discuss and celebrate the outpouring of the Spirit, I invite you to wonder with me, what do you suppose are the sounds of the Spirit? What noises do we hear as God pours out God's Spirit upon all creation? In this morning's text, we heard the sounds like the rush of a violent wind. And after being filled with the Spirit, the first thing that the, that the disciples do is create sound. They begin to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. And at this sound, people began to gather around them. The very sounds of the Spirit were drawing and gathering people in, which then incited wonder into the minds of those gathered. They said things like, how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language. And then comes my very favorite 
part of the story. Uh, we see Peter standing with the 11 disciples. He raises his voice and he begins to speak the very gospel with sounds of Jesus Christ. And this is Peter. Do you guys know who Peter is? Do you know what Peter has done? If you go back to the gospel, as Jesus is on trial, or as Jesus is being stricken, as he spat on the face, uh, we see Peter in the courtyard. And in the courtyard, we see Peter, uh, in reference to Jesus, say, I do not know the man. Three times he makes this sound. He makes sounds and speaks cries, denying his knowledge of his affiliation with him very Son of God. I ask you to wonder with me again, what do you suppose are the sounds of the Spirit for Peter? Do you suppose they're cries of wrathful judgment towards him? Are they shouts demanding his condemnation? Are they maybe Peter's own insecurities shouting to him, you should be ashamed. Do you see what you've done when you call yourself? Or, are they the sounds of Jesus gently asking Peter the very simple question, do you love me? See, Peter, asks, or, or Peter has asked this question, do you love me, by Jesus three times. Because that is how many times with sounds Peter denied Jesus. I think what the text and what the scriptures are testifying to <clears throat> is that the sounds of the Spirit are redemptive. They are transformative. They transform words of denial into words of truth. And if the Spirit transforms words of denial into words of truth, then the Spirit also transforms cries of pain into cries of joy. Matthew 26, 75, after Peter had denied Jesus three times, we see the text say that Peter went out and wept bitterly. But in the Gospel of John, after being asked by Jesus three times if he loves him, we see uh, Jesus say to Peter, follow me. And then later in Acts 2, after following Jesus later in the chapter, Scripture says that Peter, along with the new believers, broke bread at home, and they ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all people. The Spirit literally transformed Peter's sounds of bitter weeping into sounds of joyous praise. <clears throat> I tell you this as a reminder of the text we read earlier, that Pastor Megan read earlier, Romans 8.26, that when we are weak, and that when we are in pain, and that when we hurt so much that we literally do not know what to do, the Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for us. And the sounds of the sighs of the Spirit are redemptive. They are transformative. Yes, they are an expression of pain, but they redeem and restore that pain unto new life. The sighs and the groans of our sisters and brothers in Syria and in Texas and in Georgia with the victims of the most recent school shootings among way too many those do not go unheard. And in fact, the very Spirit of God groans with them, actively working to restore these sounds of pain and loss into sounds of joy and praise. <clears throat> Graduates, 
who are with us today, right now, I speak specifically to you. You're about to enter into the world having received something new, and you are being sent. Years upon years have been building towards this moment where you receive the degree which certifies you as a graduate. You have put in the work, you have put in the dedication, you have ingested way too much caffeine, more than you'd like to admit. You've done it. And now your respective educational institutions are sending you to make a new sound, to speak and to act differently and with more knowledge and wisdom than you did when you entered. You have done it. Congratulations. I encourage you, <clears throat> I implore you, to go forth in the power of the Spirit, speaking truth and making new sounds for the world to hear. Now graduates, as well as the church, God is pouring out on us God's Spirit and is calling all of us to make a new sound. Where there once was, <clears throat> or perhaps currently is, speech of doubt and denial, or cries of pain and loss, God is transforming that by God's Spirit into proclamations of truth and cries of joy. Where there were once cries of fear, there are now utterances of joy. Where we once said with Peter, I do not know the man and wept bitterly, bitterly, we can now say again, also with Peter, this Jesus, whom you crucified, God has made him both Lord and Messiah. And we can praise God with glad and generous hearts. <clears throat> Church, graduates, as you are sent into the world, be a people whose speech incites wonder, and whose sounds create awe, who never fail to speak truth. May we be a people sent of God, and may our sounds and our speech be infused with the truth and wisdom of the Spirit. <clears throat>